Welcome to Living Inside Out by Faith, the podcast that shares stories of Christians, what God has done in their lives, and how they're using their God-given talents, abilities, and gifts to make a difference in the world. Here is your host, Sherelle Wallace. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the first ever episode of the Living Inside Out by Faith podcast. I'm Sherelle Wallace, and I will be your host every week. Before I get into this episode, I want to speak up about what's going on in our world today in regards to racism. I created this podcast because my heart is for people to see who God is through the testimonies of Christians, sharing what God has done in their lives. I want people to see the love of God, to see that He is faithful to work in their life. A lot of Christians are wondering what they can do about racism. We cannot say that we have the love of Christ in us and ignore racism. You might be able to say, I attend a diverse church, or I treat people of different races equally. You might even say that I am colorblind, or my best friend is of a different race, or I have lots of friends of different races. But will you stand up with them when another friend or a family member, or even a stranger makes a racist remark? Will the entire body of Christ take a stand and speak up to their local and national leaders? Will they stand with their their friends of that race? Will the entire body of Christ stand together and put aside their differences to show the love of Christ? Will we stand together and speak truth and love? The Bible clearly tells us that we are to love God with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love our neighbor as ourselves. In the Gospel of Luke, the story of the Good Samaritan is a perfect example of how Christians should not respond to racism. In this story, a Jewish man was attacked and beaten and left for half dead. A priest saw him and looked at him and crossed the road. A temple assistant walked over him and passed him by. As the body of Christ, we cannot say that we are his witnesses, but we ignore injustice. We can't say that we have Jesus living on the inside of us, but we have no compassion for his creation. God created all people, and he created all races and ethnicities. He said, love him, but also love your neighbor. We want to pray and ask God to change things, but God is waiting on us. My pastor used to say, will a true Christian please stand up? I pray that one day that the whole entire body of Christ can get on one accord, that we can not only tell the good news, but we can be the good news. You see, the good news started with Jesus, but the revival starts with us. Thank you for listening. On today's episode, I will share my vision for this podcast. Then I'll tell you a little bit about myself and how this podcast was born. In episode two is where I will kick off biweekly interviews with Christian guests who are putting their faith into action using their God-given talents, abilities, and gifts. Here is what you can expect. Every other week, I will interview guests. In those interviews, you will hear stories of how God has been at work in their lives, 
what they have learned about God and themselves, and how their life has changed because of it. Then you will hear how they are putting their faith into action to make a difference in the world. Every other week, we will alternate between interviews and solo episodes. In the solo episodes, I will talk about my story and my journey pursuing God's plan for my life. Things like how I came to know God's plan for my life and how Jesus has worked in my life to grow my faith. You will also follow me on my journey to put my faith into action. So now let's get into a little bit about me and the story behind why I started this podcast. I grew up going to Calvary Baptist Church in Monmouth, Illinois. Mr. and Mrs. Gardner were my pastor and Sunday school teacher. I attended church alongside many cousins and family members. I remember learning about the Bible, learning about how, who Jesus was, and hearing the different stories of the Bible. I remember traditions like memorizing Easter pieces and getting dressed up in frilly Easter dresses and having to say our Easter pieces in front of the whole congregation. I remember having church dinners in the church basement, and while the adults were busy cooking, all of us kids would be outside running around and playing hide-and-go-seek or tag. During Christmas time, we would have programs, and at the end of those programs, we would get bags filled with candy and apples and oranges. I had many good memories of church and even got baptized at a young age. When I moved out of my parents' house at the age of 18, I stopped going to church. I didn't intentionally turn my back on God. I guess I just didn't see going to church as a necessity in my life. I was excited to live my life and experience the freedom of making my own choices, and sleeping in on Sundays was nice, too. At the end of my senior year, I got my first ever boyfriend, and in the meantime, I had the opportunity to rent an apartment with a friend. I had plans to attend my local community college for fashion merchandising. Fashion had been a passion of mine growing up, but that year, the teachers decided to go on strike. And because there was not enough interest in the fashion merchandising classes, they decided not to offer them that year. I did not have a plan B, so I decided to take a summer job at the local factory my dad worked at. I felt a sense of independence and life was exciting. Life became a party, and during these years I would make bad decisions that were wrapped up to look like fun. Partying became an everyday way of life. Fast forward five years, and my boyfriend and I would eventually start a family. We had our first daughter, and then six years later had our second daughter. We were making somewhat better choices. We had the things that are considered the American dream, a house, cars, jobs, and a family. Life was not perfect, but seemed pretty good. But after a while, I felt an emptiness inside of me, like something was missing. It was the fall of 2007. I was laying across my bed in tears, thinking there has to be more to life than this, when my phone rang. It was my Aunt Cheryl, who lived in Minneapolis, Minnesota. She was someone I looked up to my whole life. I was even named after her, although my name was pronounced differently. She told me that God had put it in her heart to tell me that he had a plan for my life that was bigger and better than anything I could imagine. She told me that if I wanted to find out that plan, that I would need to start going to church She said that I would know I found the right church when I felt like the pastor was speaking directly to me. Something on the inside of me lit up, and I knew that what she was telling me was the truth. So the next day, I got me and my girls ready, and we went to church. We went to a church that I had visited as a teenager with my cousin. 
I remember the pastor had everyone turn to a scripture that I had never heard before. He read, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I felt like God himself was speaking to me, and I knew I was in the right church. I kept going to church week after week trying to figure out God's plan for my life. Something began to happen on the inside of me. I was learning who Jesus was, but I was also unexpectedly learning who I was. My faith was growing stronger. But in 2008, I would have a major roadblock in my life. On Father's Day of 2008, my 14-year relationship ended, leaving me to be a single mother with two daughters and pregnant with our third daughter on the way. I was devastated. I struggled to stay healthy for my pregnancy and to stay strong for my girls. I had to try to figure out how I would pay for everything with one paycheck instead of two. I would have to choose between getting groceries or paying the water bill. I was ashamed, but also relieved, when I was accepted to receive government assistance, something that I had never had to depend on in my whole life and I was very proud of. I remember one day I was watching a TV talk show, and this lady expert was talking about single mothers and how they affected society. And she had all these statistics to back up what she was saying. She said that 70% of juvenile delinquencies, teenage runaways, and pregnancies out of wedlock were committed by children of single mothers. She stated that most murderers and rapists came from children of single mothers. One of her final statements was that smoking is not as bad for you as being raised by a single mother. I felt shame for the person that I had become. I, but I faithfully kept going to church. And eventually I would begin to see myself as God seen me. How he seen me was different from how this lady on TV saw me and how the world saw me. God said that I was his masterpiece. He said he knew me even before I was in my mother's womb. He said that he created me anew in Christ Jesus so I could do the things that he had planned for me. I started believing God and began to see, see him work in my life. I had been seeking God's plan for my life, but suddenly he started revealing his face. He gave me peace in the midst of my circumstances. I struggled financially and I would do all that I could do to stay afloat, taking out payday loans until I got into a hole so deep I could not get out of. It came a time when I had no resources. My only resource was God, and I would have to surrender my situations to him totally. I could do nothing, but the mortgage would somehow still get paid. I would have be out of money, but somehow the bill would still get paid. And I didn't even tell anybody what I needed, but God somehow would put it on someone's heart to give me money exactly when I needed it. I kept going to church faithfully, and my third daughter was born. My circumstances hadn't changed, but I had peace that everything would work out. I had been going to church faithfully, but I had not totally surrendered my life to Christ. I eventually surrendered my life back to Christ on June 6th of 2010. God started revealing his plans and purposes for my life. I started recognizing that my interests, talents, abilities, and gifts were given to me by him. One day while getting ready for church, I was watching this Christian television 
station. And this pastor was talking about how Christians needed to live inside out and share what God was doing in their life. I felt convicted because I had experienced God in so many ways, but I was not sharing it with others. In the middle of this sermon, God gave me a vision of a t-shirt that was inside out. I thought to myself, if my t-shirt was inside out, somebody would ask me why, and that would give me the opportunity to share what God had done in my life. I pictured myself giving someone a card with my testimony on it. Finally, I would have a logo made and I would start selling t-shirts at my local farmer's market. I would share my story of how God inspired me to start my business. My t-shirts became a hit in my small town. People loved hearing my story and would share with me what God had done in their lives. Eventually, people would make requests to have different positive sayings on shirts or different scriptures. And before I knew it, I was making all kinds of t-shirts with positive sayings. But the vision that God had given me sort of went to the wayside. I started pleasing people instead of pleasing God. And I was starting to let my love for fashion come, become more important than my love for God. People loved hearing my story and would share their stories with me, but they were hesitant about sharing their stories with others. I think the most challenging thing with sharing our story is not knowing how people will receive it. But there has to come a point when we realize that it doesn't matter how people receive it. We have to be willing to stand in our truth. The reason God lets us go through things is to give us a testimony to show how faithful he is to work in our lives when we submit to him and let him take the wheel. I did not know as a child that my seemingly unimportant love for fashion was something God would use for his purpose. Living inside out was birthed from a painful situation where I had to find myself. That's when my relationship with God became closer. The only person I could lean on was God. You don't have to have a testimony where you go through a major crisis. Even if you've had a good life with no major crisis, you still have a story to share what God has done in your life. You have a reason for your faith that you can share with others. And I know Christians all over the world have stories of how God has worked in their life. My vision for this podcast is to share a small piece of who God is through those stories. In my next episode, you will hear a story of someone who overcame depression and suicidal thoughts and now is using his God-given talent to give hope to those who don't quite fit in. Don't forget to subscribe and download each episode. Every subscription, download, and review keeps this podcast going. I hope that you have been inspired to maybe share your story, to share your testimony, and not to be ashamed of it. Until the next episode, I hope that you will ponder everything that I've said. Thank you for listening and see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Living Inside Out by Faith Podcast. For notes and resources mentioned on today's episode, please visit livinginsideoutbyfaith.com. And to stay connected, join our Living Inside Out by Faith Facebook page 
for inspiration on how to put your faith into action. Remember, the revival starts with you.